Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you live from Tasmania right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. You can study the Bible more effectively. You can get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going. And you can experience personal encounters with Jesus. Uh, I'm your host today, Jason Cook, and today we've got David Maxwell joining us from Launceston. Welcome, David. How are you, Jason? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Very well, thanks. We just had some technical issues just as we began our program, so I'm hoping that um, our listeners can hear us and everything's going smoothly. But uh, yeah, it's great to have you back on your series. Are you listening? And uh, good, good to be here too. Yeah, and uh, it's good. Uh, each morning when we start our program, David, you begin with a proverb, and so I'm intrigued as to which one you've got chosen for us today. Yeah, thanks very much, Jason. So sometimes it's difficult finding uh, a proverb that is succinct, that actually uh, portrays the message that we want to talk about because sometimes they're only in one verse. But today I, I found one that I think is, is, is quite relevant to our topic. So I'm going to read today Proverbs chapter 6 and verses 20 to 23. Now I'm going to read them in the New King James, but we're going to look at the uh, a different version a bit later on <clears throat> when we get back into our, our uh, study for the day. But this one is, uh, is uh, chapter 6. 20 to 23. Let me read it. Uh, My son, keep your father's command and do not forsake the law of your mother. Bind them continually upon your heart. Tie them around your neck. This almost sounds like Deuteronomy, doesn't it? Mm. When you roam, they will lead you. Where you sleep, they will keep you. When you awake, they will speak with you. For the commandment is a lamp and the light a law. The, the law a light, sorry. Reproofs of instructions are the way to life. Now, this one in particular that I've chosen seems to be referring to the Heavenly Father. The reason is, in Psalms 119.105, you might remember King David writing the words, Your words are a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Um, Many people have heard that. It's it's also Uh, in a song, that one. Yeah, yeah, and it's almost the exact words here of Proverbs uh, 6.23. So clearly, David was before Solomon. Solomon seems to be quoting this uh, in this, you know, listen to your father. And it seems to me like the commands or laws from your parents can be even like God is speaking to us. And that, that's if they're listening to God. But sometimes, even when they're not, God can use those in authority over us to lead us in right ways. Um, and this is probably why you see Paul writing in Romans 13, and he says in verse 1, Let every soul be subject or every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. So here in Proverbs six twenty to 23, it's a good lead-in, I feel, for today's program entitled Kingdom's Guidelines, which you'll see shortly as we get there. That's why I chose that one. Yeah, awesome. Well, um, remember we've got our past uh, episodes up on the Faith FM website, and also you can listen on our Faith FM app. 
Um, but David, uh, before we um, get into our program, just uh, would you like to give a bit of an overview of where we've come from and uh, then um, we'll get into our program. And remember that all of these programs that David has presented this year, I think we're on our 13th program so far this year. Mm. All of these are on the Faith FM website. You can either get them through our Tassie Encounters area or you can go to the special series called Are You Listening? and find them there. So, um, mm. yeah, give us a bit of an overview of where we've come from. Yeah, I always like to remind our listeners that we we started by looking that at the Bible and how the Bible is a trustworthy source. I think it's really important to keep reminding us of that as we go through these things because we can hit really difficult passages, can't we, Jason? And mm. we start thinking, oh, you know, is this is this for real? You know, mm. uh, but when we when we go back to that first program where we validated that the Bible is a trustworthy source, it helps us to review what we think about it I think um, you know we overview its contents we went through that we've looked at God what he's like who he's like and that helps to frame that one helps to frame what we're talking about today so we're talking about guidelines but we also want to look at relationship okay so as we get through I know Jason you'll remind me <laughs> that we're talking about relationship and so I don't want our listeners to get the wrong idea that we're saying um, you know the rules are more important than the relationship the mm. relationship develops the rules mm. uh, and the guidelines. So hopefully that's how we get to. But we looked at what God's like. We're going to recap a little bit on that today as well. We looked at eternal solutions that God put in place, the salvation he's made for us. We looked at what we look like on earth as a group, a kingdom group called a church. We also looked at how to join that that group. And last week we also looked at how the church on earth is able to do what God wants us to do because we're broken, sinful people, and how he empowers us. So that's what we've looked at so far. And today we're going to dig into kingdom guidelines. Mm. <laughs> kingdom guidelines. So as we, as we go into this one today, uh, I want to look at what kind of behavior is accepted in heaven. Now, heaven is a perfect place. So there must be guidelines for heaven for people to act in the right way because here on earth, uh, even in really good governments, they have guidelines. And people either willingly follow those guidelines or they completely throw them out or there's a mix of both. Um, but there's guidelines there. And mm. how we respond to the guidelines usually reflects what we think of those who uh, are in leadership, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah. So the relationship is very, very closely linked to the behaviours. So I don't want to focus on behaviours being an entry requirement. I want to focus on the behaviours that come because of how we relate to those in charge. Mm. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at what kind of behaviours accepted in heaven – then we're going to look at what God's kingdom ambassadors should be like here. And then we're going to finish up by exploring what that looks like for us today. And this program is entitled Kingdom Guidelines. Mm. But first, we have a question. What methods have been successful for you to learn the Bible? So people learn in different ways. They learn by hearing, seeing, reading, writing, all different ways. What has been most successful for you to learn the Bible? What I've discovered 
to kick every, everyone's thinking off, what I've discovered is for me to learn it, uh, when I was young, I had to sit and r- remember it wrote. In, in other words, read it, read it, read it, read it, then repeat it. Mm. What I find works better as an adult for the Bible is simply doing similar but over a longer period. So I simply read it from Genesis to Revelation, and when I finish, I just start again. Mm. Sometimes I listen to it in the car, wherever I'm up to. Just recently, I listened through the whole New Testament in the space of about three weeks. Mm. So you can listen faster than you can read, and I find that helpful sometimes. Mm. But I just start from Genesis, I read through to Revelation. It usually takes me about a year and a half or two years because of the busyness of life. But I read, I try and read at least a chapter a day, mm. um, sometimes three, four, whatever I can fit in. But that way, I find by just reading it over and over and over again, it gets embedded in my mind. <coughs> and in Bible times, they had other methods. So Psalms 119 is a really big chapter. And in our section today, the first word of every Hebrew sentence in these stanzas. It's a stanza of eight verses, and they're broken up into sections that reflect the Hebrew language, so uh, the Hebrew alphabet. And so the first section is their Aleph, then it's Bet, and then Gimel, and Dalai, and each of the letters of the Hebrew alphabet. And the section we're going to look at today, each letter of the first word of each sentence starts with M. And in English, that doesn't work. <laughs> but it's the, 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 the translated words are for each verse that we're looking at in the stanza we're going to read. How very much I love you, more than my enemies, more than my teachers, more than the elders, from every way, from your regulations, how very smooth they are, from your precepts. And in this way, they could better understand and remember the whole chapter. So whatever you might like to share... We'd love to hear it. And the listener question again is? What methods have been successful for you to learn the Bible? We'd love Perfect. to hear from you. Do text us in on our show number for Tassie Encounters at 0488 uh, We'd love to hear from you today. This uh, first song is One Glory with the Love of God. Is greater far than tongue or pen can never tell. It goes beyond the highest star and reaches to the lowest hell. The guilty pen bow down with care. God sent his son. Is every child he reconciled and pardoned from his sin? Oh, love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong it shall forever more endure. The saints and Shall pass away 
to Tazzy Encounters on Faith FM and today we're speaking with David Maxwell and uh, we're talking about Kingdom Guidelines. Before the break, we asked you a question and we'd love to hear from you today, so do text us in on 0488880891. This is our live program on the uh, 1st of June. If you're not listening on the 1st of June, then it's probably not live. So <laughs> this is the 1st of June and uh, it's a live program, so do text us in your answers. What methods have been successful for you to learn the Bible? We'd love to hear from you today, so do text us in. Uh, David, before the break, um, you were talking about what we're going to be covering today on our series, Are You Listening? And the topic is Kingdom Guidelines, and so Ooh. we're really going to be looking at what God's guidelines are for His kingdom in heaven. Ooh. So uh, let's get started on that. Yeah, thanks, Jason. So today we want to start looking at how some different behaviours were treated by God and, and it gives us an idea of what he expects. But just remember, as we said from the start, it's not the behaviours that rule God's kingdom per se, it's the relationship and the behaviours are a reflection of that relationship. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So first we'll pray and then we'll read the passage we're looking at today. Let me pray for our listeners. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would be with each person who is connected, who is listening, whether this is live or recorded for them, 
Lord, I pray that you would speak to them today from your word. Teach them what you need them to hear and understand. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we're going to read Psalm 119, 97 to 104. It's a complete stanza, as we said earlier. And we're going to read it from the New Living Translation, the NLT. Thanks, Jason. No worries. It says, Oh, how I love your instructions. I think about them all day long. Your commands make me wiser than my enemies, for they are my constant guide. Yes, I have more insight than my teachers, for I am always thinking of your laws. I am even wiser than my elders, for I have kept your commandments. I have refused to walk on any evil path, so that I may remain obedient to your word. I haven't turned away from your regulations, for you have taught me well. How sweet your words taste to me. They are sweeter than honey. Your commandments give me understanding. No wonder I hate every false way of life. Thanks, Jason. I really like the way that King David encapsulates the behaviours through the way he feels about God. Mm. Can you can you hear that in what you read? Yeah, you can hear that he really loves. Um, well, he loves God, but he he loves the the. Um the benefit, I guess, that he receives from following in in God's ways. Yeah, your commandment gives your commandments give me understanding. No mm. wonder I hate every false way of life. I love mm. the way that's translated, mm. and I think it encapsulates what we said earlier about behaviour being a reflection of our attitude. So we're going to dig into that today. My first illustration is entitled Strict But Loving. Recently I met some children uh, who I thought were really respectful. The one that jumped out at me was one years and years ago that I went to visit and he would have been oh, the whole of seven years old, six years old. Mm. Yeah, probably seven, probably seven or eight. And I met him, he put his hand out, um, shook my hand like an adult and asked me about my work. Um, you know, the next time I came back... He did the same. He welcomed me, put his hand out, and he, he, he welcomed me by name. He remembered my name. And he also remembered my work and what I did, and he had, we had a really good conversation. But these these uh, children that I met recently, I thought they were really, really respectful. They were polite. They were happy to speak. They weren't inappropriate in their talk. And they just had really good manner, manners, and uh, they were obedient and, and just nice to be around. <laughs> mm. And, you know, I know everyone's had experiences where there's some kids who... Yeah, just not quite so nice to be around. But these were these these really were a pleasure to be around. And it got to me got me thinking about the similarities and differences between them and how they were and how I was as a child. In many ways we were similar. But the glaring difference for me was as I grew older, my brothers and I couldn't wait to leave home. Whereas um, and that was because of the, the, the rules that we felt were overbearing. <clears throat> but these children seemed quite happy to stay maybe as long as they could. Um, and maybe today, young people are different. They see the benefit of staying at home. I don't know. <laughs> but I thought, what, what I thought about the difference was, to me, it appeared their parents were more involved and loving than our parents were. And I'm not saying my parents weren't loving, but they were less involved than these parents seemed to be. So perhaps our attitude to others has more to do with our perception of them built on relationship rather than just an understanding of who they are. Mm. Does that make sense? 
Well, if I'm interpreting it correctly, um, what you're saying here, and I may not be, but uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, for me uh, personally, you know, somebody can, uh, you know, a new person that you've never met before or something can, can come to you and uh, they can be highly qualified and have lots mm-hmm. of credentials after their name and you you may have a certain level of respect for them because of their or, you know, what they've done Title or whatever. whatever. But, yep. Yep. but for me personally, the greatest respect for someone comes when you get to know them and you actually understand who they are as a person and, and how they treat people and how they act. Yes. Mm. Yes, that's exactly what I was trying to say. So to really understand what the expected behaviour is of those who live in God's kingdom and belong to God's kingdom, let's first have a look at the oldest and most significant eviction in history, if you like. Mm. (laughs) We've just recently been evicted, so that's a hot topic for me at the Mm. moment. Evicted in the sense that, oh, you need to move out, the owner's moving in, you know, Um, that kind of eviction, not, you you know, you wreck the house, you've got to get out. (laughs) I'm I'm pleased to hear that, David. (laughs) Just so you're clear, just so you're clear. So to really understand what the expected behaviours are, um, we're going to look at this eviction. It's a very, very old eviction. We talked about it once before when we talked about Lucifer. Now, he was one of God's most um, beautiful angelic creations and perfect angelic creations. In Ezekiel 28, we looked at this chapter uh, many, many weeks ago, and he, here's, here's a list that it talks about in Ezekiel 28 of who uh, Lucifer was and what he was like. He was the seal of perfection. He was full of wisdom. He was perfect in beauty. He was beautifully adorned. He was musically talented. He was the anointed cherub that was in the very presence of God. And the verses tell us that he was perfect In other words, no fault. He was perfect in all his ways. So to sum it up, there's nothing wrong with him. And God had made him to be perfect in his presence and serve and worship him with excellence. Now, that gives you a really good picture of Lucifer. Mm. But something went wrong. Now, if God had done everything perfectly, would have it been God's fault that it went wrong? No. Clearly not. He was, it, it, was per, it was clearly something else, okay? Um, God had made him perfect in all his ways. So the Bible says in Ezekiel that he was created extremely wise and beautiful, but that wisdom and beauty became his downfall. Um, and, and it would appear, now we're not given a clear picture, but it appears that he took his eyes off God and started to look at all this beauty that God had created in him and the wisdom that he created in him. And instead of looking at God's wisdom and beauty, he started looking at his own. Ezekiel twenty-eight fifteen to 17 says that this is what corrupted him, taking his eyes off God. And it's what we call today pride, mm. looking at yourself, seeing how good, look how good I am. And you've all met proud people. So God had to address this this kind of behavior because it was directly opposed to the character of everyone in heaven and his character himself. The the kingdom's subjects and God's himself, their character is completely opposite. It's selflessness, not selfishness. And when he was made aware of this direction of his path, it appears in veiled contexts and certainly in Revelation 12 where it talks about this conflict between God and Satan. He was made aware of it um, and, and God must have tried to turn him away from it, wouldn't hear of it, and it 
blows up, if you like. And so in Ezekiel 28, Isaiah 14, Revelation 12, Lucifer's cast out of heaven. He's cast out to keep the peace in heaven. Mm. Very important. So, you know, it's clear that um, (coughs) Lucifer had this issue and he and he continued in that behavior but mm, it's mm. um it's a question that i have i guess and I'm, I'm not asking you to answer this question now but it's certainly a question you know did lucifer actually have a chance to repent and i think that's mm. a big question to to uh, address but but yeah it's interesting isn't it he persisted he didn't want to repent he wanted to be like god or even above god i think didn't he yeah, that's right. That's right. When you're reading Isaiah, he, he just goes full steam ahead in his pride. Mm. But what we do see, uh, we see the way God deals with people on earth. And we've got records of that. Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel, they were all made aware first of their, the right way and the wrong way. And they were also told of the consequences of going the wrong way. So God, God already outlines beforehand what happens if we choose our own path, if you like. Mm. And so in the cases of Cain and Abel, um, they must have known God's laws because they were sacrificing, mm. and that was part of God's laws. Mm. So in the, in the choices that Cain makes, he goes against God. He does his own kind of sacrifice, mm. and that develops in a rebellion within him and he kills his brother so in both cases adam eve cain and abel it shows that they prefer lucifer's kind of kingdom rather than god's a kingdom that's based on self rather than a kingdom that's based on god's requirements Mm. it's interesting um Mm. that uh, this theme actually goes all the way through the bible right to the end (laughs) where Um, We have a choice as to whether or not we want to follow God's ways or whether we want to do it our own ways. Mm. Mm. uh, Yeah, so um, is there anything more before we go to a break? Because it is time now. It is, it is. Look, I just think God has these guidelines for those who live in heaven and those who want to willingly obey them. And um, when another option comes along uh, in heaven, uh, it, is, it seems some of the angels choose that option. When it happens on earth, it spills out to us. Some people choose the other option, but we'll talk more about that after the break. Sure. And uh, do remember our question today. What methods have been successful for you to learn the Bible? We'd love to hear from you today. Text us in on 488 And remember our free book offer coming up later in the program. It's called Ten Commandments Twice Removed by Danny Shelton and Shelley Quinn. This is Your Will Be Done by City Alight.
program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and today we're with David Maxwell on the series Are You Listening? And we've been speaking about the topic of Kingdom Guidelines. And David, before the break we were looking at how originally God's government started in heaven and mm. uh, Lucifer uh, became prideful and as a result um, God cast him to the earth and uh, that then spilled out into the human race as well with uh, Adam and Eve and Cain and Abel. And uh, during the break, we were just talking about something that came to mind for me was that the original uh, example that we're given in Cain and Abel, where uh, Abel brought the, the sacrifice for worship that God had asked, and Cain refused to bring what God had asked, and instead he brought his own thing, and I see that uh, paralleled in Revelation 13, and um, mm. I did a bit of a talk a few weeks ago on that, but in Revelation 13, we, it's it's about how we worship and uh, and who we worship. And, and so I think um, that concept of really sticking to what God has instructed us is so important, mm. and it goes right throughout the Bible. Yes, you're right, and and again, those behaviours are an outflow of our our uh, relationship with the person mm. who has made those if, um, those guidelines. If, if we love God, why would we want to do something that He hasn't instructed? <laughs> that's correct. That's correct. And so, look, some people have looked at uh, like the Ten Commandments, for example, and they say, look, God's law was only given at Mount Sinai, and it's for the Israelites. Um, and look, many have thought that, but what we've just seen, God will only hand out punishments or judgments where the one that's going to receive it actually knows what they've done. You know, when you're raising children, you would say, if you do this, this is the result. If you do this, then this is the result. Mm. And so the children know the guidelines. They know what's required. So just as Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel had known, knew what they'd done, how could God pour out, excuse the expression, pour out the flood judgment on the world if if humans were only given the law at Mount Sinai some thousand years later? So clearly the behaviour that God expects, that God desires of those who represent his kingdom here on earth and will live in heaven later must have been known well before Mount Sinai. Mm. So throughout the Old Testament, we see examples of people being punished for breaking God's law or the kingdom guidelines, if you like, the standards of his kingdom. And we've already looked at some examples. In the Old Testament, the Israelites were chosen as not God's only people in the world, but God's kingdom ambassadors, if you like. They were to represent him to the rest of the world. And it's why many of the rules and laws that God gave them were very exacting. Because God's perfect, and so to represent God, it takes a lot of effort. Mm. (laughs) 
But long before God gave them these laws and wrote them, wrote ten of them specifically on two tablets of stone, I want to show that God knew what, uh, sorry, that they knew what God expected, what God desired. And the example of that we can find in Exodus 16, 4 and 5. Now I want to read these verses because, just these verses, and I'll explain the rest of the story for our listeners. So in Exodus chapter 16, I'm going to read from the New King James, and I'm going to just read verse 4 and 5. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people should go out and gather a certain quota every day that I may test them, whether they will walk in my law or not. Now, that's that's really interesting. Um, and, and then it goes on and it says, And it shall be on the sixth day they shall prepare what they'll bring in, and it shall be twice as much as they gather daily. So God was going to give them manna. It would happen, it would, it would be like a dew on the earth, and they would pick it up, and it would be like a wafer. Mm. And when the day got hot, it would melt. <clears throat> but the, every day they had to go and collect enough for themselves for that day, but not for the next day. If they kept any overnight, in the morning, it would have worms in it. Mm. They were only to collect enough for one day. Now, the end of the week, on the sixth day, the preparation day for the Sabbath, they were to collect enough for that day plus the next, because God said he won't send it on the Sabbath. And if they kept, so they had double, they had two days' worth, every other day if they kept too much, it would get worms in it. But on the Sabbath... When they got up in the morning, what they kept for the Sabbath didn't have worms in it. I'll ask you a question. How did the worms know it was Sabbath? Mm, well, I guess God <laughs> told them. <laughs> so clearly God provides a miracle here to remind them mm. of his commandments. Now, this is before. This is quite a few chapters before the commandments are given, written in stone. Now, what part of God's law is he testing them on? Clearly, it's the fourth of mm. the Ten Commandments. Mm. Keep my Sabbath day holy. Why did he have to remind them? Why, why did he have to remind them and have it written down? Firstly, because they forget. They're mm. humans just like you and me. But secondly, they're 400 plus years in uh, slavery and they would have had God's law beaten out of them, if you like. They weren't allowed to rest on one day of the week. They had to work every day. Mm. Um, and so they had forgotten some of these requirements, these guidelines of God. So in subsequent years, God tries to rebuild this relationship with them, to show them who he is rather than just how he wants them to behave. We can see that in Exodus 33, 34, when Moses, God is saying, that's it, I've had enough of you people. Moses says, please, please, please continue to be patient. Please go ahead of us. If you don't go with us, we don't want to go. And so he, he is saying, we want time to rebuild that relationship and please keep building this character and working with us. So a summary of the kind of character God explains about himself in these chapters, Exodus 33 and 34, he says he's merciful, gracious, patient, abounding in goodness and truth, to name just a few. And it's what he would like of his followers, you know, his um, ambassadors. He wants them to display the same kind of characters. And as we build this relationship with God, he promises to build this character within us. So, <clears throat> one characteristic it mentions is also justice. God is a God of justice. 
and that he won't allow sin to continue forever, but he will bring it to an end. And that's what you would expect from a God who's fair. He looks down and sees all the bad stuff happening here, and people say, why doesn't God do anything? It's coming. Mm. God is going to put an end to it. But he is patient even with people who are disobedient, that don't want a relationship with him. He gives them every single opportunity he can. But he has to stop that at some point. Mm. So what does the New Testament tell us about kingdom behavior? Well, the Bible then tells us that Jesus came to be our example. Um, 1 Peter 2.21 in the NASB, the New American Standard Bible, says it really, really well. For you have been called for this purpose, since Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example for you to follow in his steps. So when Jesus comes as the ultimate kingdom ambassador, what does he show us about the kind of behavior those who expect to live in God's kingdom should have? Well, there's multiple verses that speak about the behaviors that he followed. For example, um, he, he left us an example uh, summed up in Matthew chapter 5. And in Matthew chapter 5, I haven't got time to explain it all, but I'll summarize. He says, I didn't come to destroy the law, but to fulfill. Mm. That word is genitai in the Greek, and it means to give it more meaning. You read the rest of the chapter, and that's what he does. He explores those Ten Commandments that they were using incorrectly, and he says, this is what it actually means. So he gives it more meaning. But he says, nothing will pass from the law until all is plerosai, which means what it means is it will be finished, completed. Mm -hmm. And so as Jesus completes the things in the law, those things are done away with, the, the rituals, the, the sacrifice of the lamb because he becomes the lamb. But the actual law itself, the obedience to God, that character, he says, it's even deeper than you think and you need a relationship with me mm, to, to, to fulfill that. And, and that's evident that this, you know, this was from the beginning of time, as we discussed with Cain and Abel, and uh, it was reiterated in the Ten Commandments. Jesus reiterated them again in his time, and even in Revelation it says, those who keep my commandments. And so, you know, these commandments are forever, you know. <laughs> they're not... The whole human experience. Yeah, the whole human yeah. experience. And so um, it's, it's uh, something that we... I guess we need to learn to love like David did, I think, mm. is, is really mm. important. That's well, it. it's time for another break. Uh, it's time for our book offer, Ten Commandments Twice Removed, a backlash of attention to the Ten Commandments unleashed by recent U.S. court rulings rallied Christians in defense of its public display. Amid the crescendo of concern, a lone voice vies uh, vies for attention, isn't it? Um, <laughs> it just, it's a strange word, that one. V-I-E-S, vies for attention. If you love me, keep my commandments. That's the verse that I was thinking of there that Jesus Ooh. quoted. This book answers critical questions with compelling clarity and biblical evidence. Did the Ten Commandments exist before Mount Sinai? Were they nailed to the cross? How do we demystify Paul's writings about the law? Does a man have authority to change God's law? It sounds like an excellent book. book on this topic. So I do encourage you to hang in there and grab the code after the break. This is More Than Rubies by... Um, sorry, it's not More Than Rubies. That's the, the group. It's called Live and Breathe by More Than Rubies. The waves of grace wash over me. 
Tessie Encounters on Faith FM. 
And uh, we're finishing our program today titled Kingdom Guidelines with David Maxwell. And I did promise the code for our book giveaway today, Ten Commandments Twice Removed by Danny Shelton and Shelley Quinn. It sounds like an excellent book that relates very well to this topic that we're talking about today. Um, so the code for today, text it into 0488 that's 0488-880-891. The code is LISTEN13, LISTEN13, no spaces, LISTEN13, L-I-S-T-E-N-1-3. Um, David, we did have Margie texting us in to say Ooh. that she's enjoying the program and she's learnt the Bible not only by reading it but by studying it and especially by listening to Faith FM. And uh, she says, I know I'm always talking about Faith FM, but honestly I've learnt so much from the variety of people who have taught and explained things from the Bible. So that's great. Thanks for sharing, Margie. Uh, we love to have you listening, and we do hope. I guess that's part of the mission of this is to help people understand the Bible and certainly from the perspective of um, the honest truth of what it's saying. So, yeah, it's good to have you listening and uh, many others as well. So, David, um, before the break, we were really looking at how God's law has been put in place right from the beginning, reiterated at Mount Sinai. Jesus reiterated it. Uh, it's talked about again in Revelation. It seems like it's, it's, uh, it's not just a temporary thing. No, no, it's for the whole human experience we talked about. And, and I really love your choice of song, that live and breathe. You know, it really talks about how it becomes part of us when we build, have, when we have that experiential relationship with God. Mm. Very, very important. We've discovered so far that God's kingdom guidelines existing in heaven even before the world was created. Now, when Lucifer contravened them, you know, he broke that relationship. He took his eyes off God, looked at himself, and things changed for him, right? He eventually was ejected out of heaven because he, he just would not allow God to lead him and have the right relationship. Um, but it didn't put an end to God's laws. When he was ejected from heaven, it didn't mean like, okay, well, that's the end of God's laws. God's perfect ambassadors here on earth, Adam and Eve, were meant to then reflect the heavenly kingdom um, because they built that relationship with God. You know, uh, just because they failed doesn't mean that those guidelines no longer apply. Mm. Um, there's been the same thing happening for people who've been his ambassadors all through time. Just when they failed, it doesn't mean there's something wrong with God's um, guidelines. It means something's wrong with the relationship, and that's why it's failing at our end. So Jesus came again as the perfect kingdom ambassador and he lived and reinforced the permanency of God's kingdom guidelines and and laws and in Isaiah 66:22 to 23 we're told that they'll still be in place in the new earth which continues for all eternity. Um, it talks about from one Sabbath to the next, from one moon, new moon to another, all flesh will come to worship me. And that's talking about the new earth. You read that chapter, it's exactly talking about that. Mm. So let me illustrate. <clears throat> in, in the Air Force, I learned about the rules of engagement. I learned about them just before I got out. 
when the first Gulf War was about to kick off. We had to have these lectures. We went along and we learned about the rules of war. And I had an inkling that something was going on in the world because no one I spoke to had been in the Air Force for military for 20-something years had experienced going to rules of engagement lectures. Now, not long after the Gulf War kicked off, I ended up leaving the Air Force. Uh, but it didn't nullify the rules of engagement, did it? No. They're still there today. Mm. Just because I left doesn't mean the rules of engagement don't apply anymore. Mm. And it's similar to God's rules. You know, they continue to be effective regardless of where we are in the universe, either on earth now, in heaven later, or in the future on the new earth, because it'll be perfect. And we'll be putting God first, and he'll be living within us. He writes his laws on our minds and our hearts, and so God's laws like him are eternal. Jesus used God's laws. He used God's guidelines. It was part of him. He obeyed God all the time. And using the example of the Sabbath mentioned in Isaiah, Jesus kept or observed the Sabbath in the way God expected. Why? Well, we'll see next week a little bit more about why. But he does it because the Sabbath was a day of community with God. So it was a really special day for Jesus. What guidelines did the apostles use? So some people say, yes, but when Jesus died, all those laws placed on the cross done away with. Well, does that mean God's relationship with us is done away with at the cross? No, it was solidified at the cross. And the relationship is what leads us to obey. Mm. So even the apostles in the early church after Jesus left had kept following God's laws. Let me just read an example. Acts 13, 42 to 44. It has to be really quick. So when the Jews went out of the synagogue, the Gentiles, this is non-Jews, begged that these words might be preached to them on the next Sabbath. Now when the congregation had broken up, many of the Jews and devout uh, followers, uh, devout proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who, speaking to them, persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. And on the next Sabbath, the whole city came together, and this is talking about the Gentiles too. Now, if the Sabbath had been done away with at the cross, Paul would have said, no, don't wait till next Sabbath, just come tomorrow on your new worship day. Mm. But it was the next Sabbath. It mm. continued. Mm. So what guidelines should we use? Well, God's kingdom and God's laws are holy, just and good. So his kingdom has to be holy, just and good. So the relationship that I talked about in my opening, my opening uh, illustration, strict but loving, the relationship was more loving with those children that I met. And God's relationship is more loving when we obey, when we follow, that comes out of that relationship. Mm. Satan broke the relationship by selfishness, and we, if we focus on God, the relationship we have with him will outflow into the right behaviours. Mm. It's beautiful. Just like a married relationship, as we talked with David Leo yesterday, that... Um uh, there's certain expectations, and we make vows. And if we love our spouse, we want to we want to uh, live up to those expectations, and we want to um, yeah honour those vows. So next week, you've got uh, rest and recreation, um, and David uh, Leo will be back with us live on Wednesday. 
Um, until then, you can claim this book offer as well. Listen 13 for Ten Commandments Twice Removed. We just hope that uh, God is um, speaking to you and that you are listening today. So uh, may God bless you, and we look forward to you joining us again next week. This is I Live For You, True Vibe. Thanks, David. Thanks, Jason. I was lost in darkness, never knowing where to turn. I thought I had all the answers, but I had so much to learn. Like a child, I am gone astray, trying to make it all my own. Like a father, you embrace me. And you show the way back home And now that I know The truth that you proclaim I will keep trusting you To fill me up Till only you remain And I will not rest Until my every word Brings glory to your name This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.